Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Creative Control with Bish Khanna. Hey there, how are you? On this week's show, come with me on my trip to Washington, D.C. with Jim Guthrie and his band as they record a segment for NPR Music's awesome Tiny Desk Concert Series for All Songs Considered. Actually, this already happened uh, just last week, and then the, the videos that they shot uh, should be up sometime in the near future. Or the future. I'm not exactly sure when, but they'll be up. Anyway, me and my pal Jim and his bandmates, Samir Khan, Randy Lee, Marshall Bureau, Jordan Howard, and J.J. Ibsen, we all piled into a minivan and drove 18 hours so that these guys could record three songs. Just three. Three songs. We almost got kicked out of the United States of America, ladies and gentlemen. Dirty jokes. We all had to endure our dirty jokes and smells. Man feelings abounded. There was fun. There was rage. There was contemplation. Eh, you'll hear you'll you, you'll hear it all. I mean, I try to capture as much of it as I can. It gets a little it's stark, you know. It's a little souls are revealed, you know. Thoughts are bared. Are those things that happen? I don't even know. Anyway, you're going to hear it all and much much more. Plus, you're also going to hear two new songs from Jim Guthrie's new album, "Takes Time," which is available now. JimGuthrie.org for all your Jim Guthrie needs. Uh, to kick things off, I spoke to NPR Music Heroes, Bob Boylan and Robin Hilton, about why they invited Jim to D.C., and uh, here's what they had to say. Oh, they also took some time to school me on how to do interviews and other things. I'm rolling now. Okay. We're rolling Rule now. number one is you always are rolling. Are you telling I me mean, how to do my job? You're, you're, you have to be born rolling. I think I am. Yeah, <laughs> digital. But see, yeah, you, you used to have to worry about that you were going to eat up all your tape. But you, yeah. I got this digital, digital machine. Can, it's can, going okay. You can yeah. just go and go. We're going for hours here. So yeah, I know. I uh, we have batteries. an hour. Yeah, we've, we've got some time. Can you identify yourself to the people listening to this podcast? I'm Robin Hilton. I'm Bob Boylan. What do you guys do? We host All Songs Considered. We have the best jobs on planet Earth. Hmm. All right, he has to work with me. It's a me, pretty so. good job. Yeah. It's a pretty he, good he, job. He does have to put I'd up rather with do me. what Jim does, frankly. It's nice uh, of you to have all of us up here. Can you first of all tell us a little bit about Tiny Desk because there might be some people who might not know exactly how how it works, what it is. Uh it's a, a series of real intimate concerts um at my desk here at NPR. 
Is this literally your desk over here? That is literally my desk. That is uh, littered with things that are are, are mine. That Including you, you, an, that an you, you can't actually you can't have. <laughs> I see you eyeing the There's Emmy. There's an Emmy award there. There's yeah, I, I like the Emmy we, award. You want an Emmy? That's good. There's my James Brown. You can't have my James Brown. Where did James go? The Sasquatch doll. You want that? You can't have that. Okay. The gong. Nice. Why are you just itemizing things I can't have? It's very weird. It's well, because I, I see your want and, and lust in your eyes, and, and it's not going to happen. How did this concept come about? Did you have, peop- have bands come up and play at your desk? So uh, Stephen Thompson, who is the guy uh, over there, um, we, we, uh, Stephen Thompson is the guy over there. We asked, uh, we, he and I went to South by Southwest. Uh, I saw a woman, Laura Gibson, at a show. I dearly love Laura Gibson, so does he. And the crowd was so loud and rude that we couldn't hear her. And so when she came off stage, we said, I couldn't hear you. Mm-hmm. And, and Stephen sort of jokingly said, when you come through town, why don't you play Bob's desk? <laughs> and we turned it into a, uh, I, I grabbed a camera and a microphone when she came. To, she, she called up. She was uh, touring with the Decembers. This was April 2008. And uh, she called up and said, I'm, I'm, I'm coming. I'm, and so I got a couple of cameras and a microphone. Right. That's amazing. So you just this sort of flippant comment turned this into a, a regular yeah. segment. And that's pretty much that's, the that's how all, just about all of the things we do come <laughs> come from. They come from some discussion or joke or something like that, and then we realize, hey, maybe we really ought to try that. So that's cool. So can you talk about some of the people you've had uh, in here that uh, you were very we impressed sworn by? Sworn to sworn to secrecy. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't. It's Although all online. Could, it's all out there. Oh, that's right. You, you've actually published all of these appearances, guys. <laughs> you it's told me we were going to do that. Let's see. We had Tom Jones was a good one. It was a very sexy show. We had Moby came by and did one. That's right. We had uh, Vic Chestnut. Vic Chestnut oh, was wow. one of the first ones we did. Yeah, he was, I think he might have been second after Laura. That's right. Actually. And... Uh, Gosh, I don't know. We've done we've done nearly three hundred of them in the last few years. We've had thirteen piece bands. Chuck Brown from DC. I don't know if you know. Had the had the polyphonic spree. Oh wow! Just had an eleven eleven piece band piece brass band here the other day. Well, before I ask you about why Jim is here, have you contemplated? I actually don't know. <laughs> what you don't know? You don't. Well, well, let's contemplate it then. But I, I'm actually curious about uh, whether or not you've ever thought about expanding the desk so that it's not so tiny. No, this one actually is a little bigger. Isn't we, it a little we, 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 big? No, this is our I new building. Yeah, so, congratulations. So it's a beautiful new building here, the NPR uh, headquarters in Washington, D.C. It's we, nice. We kept it small. Yeah. Actually, I, w- I was thinking this is bigger, but in a way it's almost smaller because in the old one, there was a desk next to Bob's, and if we really had to, we could expand into that work area as well. But now we don't have that, so in a way this is actually even smaller. It's an even tinier, tiny desk. Tinier, tiny desk. Okay. Well, I mean, you're working with your within your means. It's good. It. Yeah. It. I mean, I think we're a nonprofit. In, in, in the, <laughs> the, 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 we have beautiful studio facilities both at the old building and now at this building. Uh, it's wonderful to bring bands in and and they can recreate the music they made on their record in very similar ways that they did it. And it, it actually started to get a little boring or tedious. Yeah. To do that. Yeah. So would you, I, think, uh, I think the great thing about artists, no matter who they are, is that they rise to the occasion. So you put restrictions on something, and something different comes of it, it's something true. more memorable for them, and hopefully, and for us, too. Sometimes parameters help an right. artist in particular focus on something. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so that's sort of the idea. Has anyone taken the tiny desk uh, concept a little too literally when they've shown up? Have they shown up with you know, suits and ties and things like that? <laughs> Raphael Sadiq and his band showed up, and it was a morning tiny desk. And they had just gotten off a plane.
plane and they were all in the most finely pressed suits. They looked amazing. But it was part of it was part of the whole presentation of their their performance, you know. They wanted to look great doing it. And as for how why we're bringing Jim in, it's purely selfish reasons on my part. Uh, he put a record out 10 years ago. Haven't heard and he's got this new record out his first in 10 years. I've never seen him live and I just thought I'd love for him to come down and play and I'm so glad that he did. It's an honor to be here. Thanks, guys. We, I, I see that people are assembling to watch Jim and his band play, so let's get to it. Thanks. Thank you very much, Bob Rob. Yeah, thank you. Jim Guthrie just... Stage, you just you want to be treated like Bon Jovi, you just said. But Bon Jovi now. Bon Jovi now? No, no bon, well, bon Jovi at this stage in his career. What is this stage of Bon Jovi's career? Even? That's Jim's just—he just wants wants to know what it's like. I just want to, a little bit, yeah, more Bon Joviisms in my life. This is okay. You want to be? Okay, what's it like uh, to come back after so many years, John Bon Jovi? So many years. Jim like, Bon Jovi. Jim thank bon, you very Jim much. Bon Jim, Jim Bon. Jim Bon Jovi. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a unique Jim Bon Jam pants. It's a unique uh, version of the podcast this week because I, I'm in a van with the Jim Guthrie band. We're in somewhere in. Pennsylvania, would you guys say? We really don't know where we've been. Well, do we know? Do we know where we are? Not really. No. Not really. No. no. Okay. But so we're at a toll, and we're heading home now. We were in Washington, D.C. earlier. We were on the NPR segment, Tiny Desk? Tiny, Tiny Desk. Tiny Desk Concert. Tiny Desk Concert, and uh, we had a good time. And, you know, this is just kind of us on the road, trying to figure out where how to get home right now. Samir's we still got like seven hours to go or something. Seven hours. Can you grab a grab a receipt? Alright, we're getting we're getting receipt from the toll people. Yesterday was a bit of an ordeal, I'd say. Yesterday was like it wasn't completely smooth sailing at the border, right? Is that not, fair? No, not at all. Yeah, I would say it was very troublesome for so a little bit there. We got to we got off to a late start from Toronto. Uh, and then we ended up at the border and we had all our paperwork and then what happened? They just weren't buying what we were laying down. They weren't going to pick up what we were laying down. And I'm actually still a wee bit confused as to what they didn't agree with in terms of the paperwork that we gave them. But we apparently didn't qualify to be in the country under with the with the B1 visa thing that I gave them. So right. that we gave them. I don't I don't really get it, but we yeah sat there for almost three hours while they tried to figure it out, and they were just about going to kick us out. They kind of were in the process of kicking us out, and I was asked to go up last, and they were just going to take, like, I don't know, like a bunch of info from me, and I just sort of made a plea. But I think maybe you said something first. Like somebody- I, I went up. We all – so basically they, they told us – they told one of us eventually – like, we were there three hours – about an hour and a half, two hours in, they told one. They told JJ, "Where's JJ?" I'm over here. JJ, what would they say to you? They said, "So here's the deal. We're not letting you in today. Um, so I'm just gonna have to get some information from you and take your fingerprints." That, that right there seemed fishy. Why would they do that? Why didn't they just tell us to go, turn us around? Because they can, I think. I like. <laughs> I don't know. I was really. It actually was really odd. Like I felt like we had all the proper paperwork. We paid all our dues. We had all that stuff in place. And so, yeah, they told JJ first, and then so JJ came back and said they're actually kicking us out one at a time. 
And so we all went up one at a time. But each time we went up, we would sort of ask, can we make it, can we sort of see if we can fix this, like, or, you know. That's, forget, what, that's what I said. Yeah, at someone one point, said, can we try and rectify this by the end of the day? That's what I said. I yeah. said, look, like, we all paid our dues. Like, we, we've done everything. We have the paperwork. Clearly, there's something missing from this thing. And, and then, the guy, the guy and then, said, oh, well, maybe I'll, I'll call you back up. And then I told you, and then I think you dealt with it or whatever. Yeah, so then I went up finally, and they had got the manager, the whatever, supervisor or whatever. I, so I just basically, like, pleaded my case to them saying, look, like, you know, we're not getting paid. This thing that we're doing, it's like a really cool thing you can do these days, like, as a musician will only be in the country for like less than 24 hours like there's really no like there's nothing going on like there's no kind of funny business and i basically just like kind of poured my heart out just being like like yeah honestly this is just like the coolest thing and we really want to do this and uh and they just did you mean that like why why do you think that what we did was the coolest thing what do we do no i was i was trying to explain them about like if you're if you're like working in music today and you get to do this this thing on like national public radio if you get to play you know it's just a really good exposure and it's kind of one of those things that all the musicians want to do i tried to explain them like it was just a really cool sort of opportunity and that uh they asked us to come down and play and nobody was getting paid it was just sort of like for the love of music and sort of it was a great opportunity and and i just sort of said it in maybe less words and no. they were just like, okay. Like, that. I could see them sort of turn after a while, and they kind of got a little soft. I think I kind of melted their heart. The whole time that all of us were kind of getting more and more crestfallen, I think, and actually, the truth be told, we kept getting bad news, but we were all kind of laughing. Like, we were just sitting well, in a yeah, group. Yeah, we, we were having a good time there in the, in, in the office. I actually thought, I didn't even know it was two hours had gone by because I was actually having fun. Like, you guys are fun guys to hang out with. That's what I learned in that, uh, that thing. Don't you think? Didn't you have fun? Jordan, didn't you have fun? Yeah, I had fun. Cause you, I was, I was gonna, stories. I was gonna say that you were one of the only people that were super, super like optimistic that we were gonna make it. Well, yeah, I thought so, and I, I, I thought all it would take was what Jim did was like, just, you know, tell them for real. Like we yeah. just tried to uh, tried our best. We're not just you know, we just we tried to make it happen as best we could, and we had some rules that were sent to us. We followed the rules and. Anyways, I was just hoping for the best. Yeah, and it, but it was pretty insane. Like, there was a moment that we were definitely getting turned away. Like, because they had said, you know, and then there, after I went up and kind of pleaded my last, sort of I gave them my last whatever statement, um, they changed their mind. So that was, yeah, that was pretty awesome. Actually, us. I have this fond image of you turning away from their desk and giving us like the double thumbs point, yeah. double thumbs up and point, and saying we're good, and and that was pretty fun. It was good, you know. In the end, it was fine. I still think the whole thing was kind of a slight scam, just make us sweat. Maybe maybe. I don't uh, know. Yeah, it was pretty weird. Weed us out. Border crossing thing. Like I mean, you know, I remember this like ten years ago. I mean, whatever. Everything changed after nine eleven or whatever. But like I mean, it was always a bit of a like a thing to cross the border but it was also like the people on the border sort of knew that it wasn't like high priority to be to be busting like you know shambling indie rock bands like crossing the border or whatever and now it's like suddenly like even when they were talking with us it's just like this level of seriousness which is like kind of like almost completely absurd like about clauses cited and whether you were like you know weird clauses that 
you don't even know how to navigate, which is the thing that's like super frustrating about it. Like I have no problem paying a fee, doing some paperwork and crossing the border, but then to, you know, deal with that extra level of whatever is just... This is, this is the thing. Speaking of seriousness, this has been a fairly crazy fun trip for me. Like you guys are all fun and funny. And I like that like as soon as I turn this thing on for the podcast, things got super serious everyone's on their guard like i can just tell like the spirit of what we've got going isn't really going in why is that what do you think that is jim we we get kind of silly don't be a border guard (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying like this is what this is what we were trying to fight at the border beach yeah i know it's true i just like i'm trying to you know i started this podcast and i don't even know why and i really don't i have no idea why i'm doing it you want to talk about it well, I am kind of talking about it. This is the whole point of us having a conversation. Do you want me, do you want me to interview you, Vish? No, 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 I don't. I'm just saying, like, part of what I've been struggling with in the last couple of weeks since I started is, like, I've been doing stuff I never normally do. I've been doing, like, news stories. We've all been, like, reading about Rob Ford. Yeah. Like, we went down to today at breakfast. We're in Washington, D.C., and it's all fun times. And we're talking about Rob Ford lookalikes. Like, we, we brought this news with us. And I, it's obviously engaged everyone in a really particular way. You guys all pretty much live in Toronto, so I can understand it. But, like, I don't normally talk about that. I just talk about music stuff all the time, you know what I mean? So this podcast, I've been kind of doing that stuff, and now it doesn't... I, I'm worried that it hasn't really been me. And, like, this, I wanted to make as real as possible. But now you feel like we're not giving you the real? No, I'm not saying that necessarily. It's just interesting that as soon as we, I break out these microphones, something happens to yeah, us. Yeah, you know, maybe you need to not tell us that you turn the mics on and then <laughs> catch us saying no, all these then, really <laughs> lewd and crude things. Because lewd that, and crude. That's when lube? Did you say lube and crude? No. Lube. Okay. I just can't. I don't know. I <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's just a funny... I'm not even going to take the bait there either. I just... I'm not going to... You can't trick me. I wonder if anybody in the van wants to speak up about this particular trip. Because when you really think about what, we, what we're doing, we're not home yet. Yeah. Here's what we did. We all got in this van. And we rented it. And that cost money and all that stuff. And we drove down to Washington, D.C. so you guys could play three songs. Yeah. Like, literally, we drove... Whatever 18 it was. hours it's going to be or whatever. 18 hour a drive total. For why? So what exactly? This now I sound like the border guard, don't I? I know. I, I'm just curious what you knew about tying desk. Like why? Why is it that you all of you, not just Jim? Why did you want to make this trip with Jim? Because on some level, let's let's be honest, it's a little insane. Okay, so I work a full time job, and I spend nine to five. Well, nine to five, five thirty six seven, in front of a computer clicking a mouse, typing things into a screen and talking to voices on the phone. So this is, this makes more sense to me than my actual everyday existence. Uh, just like hanging out with people, telling dirty jokes that, you know, I don't know. It just seems like more, more of a real experience, I suppose. Randy, what about you? You do this all the time in different bands. Well, I, I'm actually in the same boat as Samir just because like I also have a full-time job and I'm, um, and yeah, you just want to get away from the office, just just have a, a little bromance on the road, you know, seven dudes in a small little car. Maybe has a little something to do with my little sexy body here, doesn't it? I mean, there's no. <laughs> what do you make of the air conditioning in this van? Do you feel like the? I feel like I am sweating. You're you're dying back there. I'm sweating my firstborn 
out of me right now. Really? Is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah like I'm not. Is that the scientific? There goes my ba- my first baby. <laughs> Just, All right, I gotta open these. I've been driving. So yesterday I drove the whole time, and uh, I got. I think it gave me a cold because it was so air conditioned up front. I, I huh. do I sound kind of weird? Uh, you sound. I don't know. I I don't didn't know what you sounded like before this trip. <laughs> really. We don't know each other at all, Marshall. Well, only in brief moments. I think I've met you at a couple Guelph shows. Right. Yeah, and that's about it. And what's your impression of, of me? I, I You seem like a nice <laughs> enough guy. I, I think you're a great driver. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. But that's what as far as it goes, really. You've a fantastic job. The and uh, you're pretty funny. And, uh, oh, okay. uh, looking. And <laughs> uh, what did we just spend the last couple hours doing? We play this ridiculous game. Because that's what you do when you're traveling for long periods of time with people like this, right? You. Yeah. You try to come up with ways to entertain yourself. And uh, we played, uh, what did you call it, radio baseball? Radio baseball. And uh, the object, of the, how does the game, you, 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 you... Where did you come up with this game? Did you make I this I think up? it was a Royal City game that we played a long time ago. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have done, or I'm not exactly sure, but I know I played it on tour years ago with Royal City. Um, and you, it's a radio, yeah, so you're using the radio, you hit the seek button, and you scan the stations, and whatever station it lands on, there'll be a song playing, and you have to guess. Yeah, like you have to know the name of the song, who, uh, the name of the artist, the name of the album, and then, and each time you know one of those things, you get a rot, like you get a bass. So if you know the artist, you're go to first bass. Right. Then if you can name the the song title, you get the second bass, album's third bass, and then if you have a fun fact about about the album or the artist or something that kind of surrounds this, you know, what your the song. Then you get a grand slam or a home run or whatever you call it. Did anybody it. win? Oh, no, it was, it, yeah, it's a it's a home run, right? Because a grand slam has to be. Everybody's loaded. on the yeah, yeah, that's right. So did anybody win the game? Um, we I don't know. We were still playing the game when we got when we stupidly stopped at the last pit stop when we didn't really. And whose fault was that? We stopped. No, we all started screaming, and you just pulled. I over couldn't and, handle it. Yeah, no, I no. Everyone was, was screaming at me no, to go to got, a different place. It got place. a little confusing. Uh, it didn't. Yeah, I know. JJ, JJ didn't, didn't scream. scream. But JJ's the young baby, and you know better to scream. But you know what? I think JJ was the one. JJ got like two, maybe two or three home runs in the one we were playing. He was really good at it. But it, so, yeah, it's also like, so when you're scanning through the stations, you'll get a lot of talk radio. That doesn't count for nothing. So you just keep on skipping. Um, sometimes it'll be like in, it'll be a French song or like a Latin, you know, like a, some other language of a song and that doesn't count for anything now what well, is that is it racist for you to not count those songs uh, no it's not racist it's maybe a little like ignorant. a little i is don't it know the maybe, tiny racist no no it's just, you did a thing where every time there was a country song on you went skip and i went well, Dude. because we also have to play within sort of our our sort of you know musical field you right know? It's and like then every time there was a mainstream pop song you were like oh yeah you gotta guess this one and we no, were like i mean you i don't yeah, know no one knew the song honest, uh, listen if you if anybody who's there in anger radio this game. in podcast land if you're playing this game you, it gets kind of tricky you got to sort of like navigate because there's a lot of crap on the radio that like you just can't bring that aspect into the game you sort of have to breeze over that stuff because the most fun part about it is to sort of hear that song that you kind of know or you totally know and then you you know, it's sort of so you don't want to be like half guessing at songs you've never heard. You have no idea the genre or the artist. You've never heard it, so you sort of have to be like, yeah, like if the song is recognizable in like kind of a pop, like a modern pop song or a classic. You know, if it's in our sort of lexicon or whatever the the term is, then you yeah, then you sort of play those ones. But anyone that's like some weird song or 
anything that's kind of questionable or like, you know what I mean? I mean, you know what I mean. You played the game. And I you, played and the game. I know it. exactly you what you mean. But I, I mean, the point of some of these games, other than to while away the time, is I think you get to know one another a bit better. You kind of learn about each other a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm curious if anyone... Did you learn anything? Like, okay, here's a thing that I learned about Jordan. And Jordan and I used to play in bands a lot, and we've traveled a bunch together. But here's what I noticed about Jordan today. He, even when he knows the answer, didn't want to take risks. I was surprised. Did you find that, Jordan? You were like, oh, I know this. And then when you took the risk, and if you were wrong, it really bothered you. Like, you were really upset about it. Yeah, because I did know, like, it was in my brain somewhere. I just wasn't able to recall it, right? And I was, like, sort of mixing them up. Like, I had uh, the name of the right... But the the album name was right for the band, but not the right album for the song we were listening to. It wasn't, like, way off. Except when I said uh, Angus Young wore a kilt on stage. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Because you had to come up with a fun fact. Yeah, yeah, that would have been his, like, big home run, his first home run. But then when we... He knew the song, the artist, you know, Back in Black, (laughs) Shook Me All Night Long, ACDC. And he just had to come up with a fun fact about ACDC. Is that kind of racist because his name is Angus? Angus, yes. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept stereotyping at least. At the very okay, least. Okay, there's a couple a, of things. So a bon, stereotype. Here's, the, here's what happened. Bon Scott used to play in ACDC, and he used to wear a kilt on stage, actually, every once in a while. Well, and there there's a bagpipe solo in It's a Long yeah, Way to exactly. the Top if you want to rock and roll. But that's the problem. You're pointing something out where, like, basically... When it came down to it, I was kind of like, I couldn't organize my thoughts. So I wanted to articulate that he he would wear like a schoolboy outfit. like, And I knew that, but I I was just sort of like nervous about being wrong for some reason. That I, You know when you know someone's name, but you're afraid of getting it wrong, and then you go for it, you say the wrong name because yeah. you're thinking about the wrong yeah, name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I did. And I actually do that with yeah. uh, Visha's firstborn. Yeah, what's his name again? What's my son's name, Jim? Is it Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not Kevin. It's very close. You're you're almost there. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. I guess it. That's what you know. That's what we learned. But I, I just was curious because Jordan, the stakes were so low, and yet you still seemed pretty concerned I, about I know. getting think, it wrong. I think too. Like it's a fun game, you know, because we all like to sort of pride ourselves on our musical knowledge, and it's like you're in a room full of or in a van full of dudes and you really want to get it right you really want to get that home run not only for yourself but you want to make your dudes proud you know so I think it's like there's a lot of pressure to get it right and uh, it's it's really a fun game because you it's like you against yourself and it's also you know you against your you know the people in the van so I I think maybe is that kind of a a correct yeah so it definitely plays into it for sure but I think like lately I've just been getting more into like games and puzzles and stuff like that and I feel like I've just taken on like more of a that on like on a daily practice anyways right so I I think that's the sort of something that's sort of like coming out of my personality more lately in general it's like not being right or know-it-all but just like really trying to work for it you know really trying to like get it right before I uh are you kind of competing competing with yourself I guess so yeah I'm not much of a competitive person uh, besides with myself, I suppose. Okay. All right. Uh, JJ, I want to put you in the hot seat here. What did we learn about Jim? What did you learn about Jim playing the uh, radio baseball game today? You're you're new to the band. You're the young guy in the band. Jim's your boss. What are you going to say? What are you going to say, buddy? <laughs> did you notice uh, how well I, 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 actually, I pitched the ball? I thought you were not a very good pitcher, <laughs> actually. 
I thought they just. I won't kick you out for that. Why? Why? What was wrong with what Jim did there, JJ? Oh, I mean, it, it, communication between front seat and back seat isn't very good. Okay. Anyway, yeah. and I, I maybe had the music a little loud. Yeah, a yeah. little loud. A little I loud. think. Don't forget about changing the rules too. Yeah, the rule yeah. changing. Yeah. But like when that change. Motley Crue song came on, I think like, like. I got ass cancer. Like uh, there was no, like <laughs> you got it was so ass loud cancer and from it the, just oh, like yeah. it was like a laser beam between my eyes. You're gonna go I straight to here. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry, JJ. Yeah. We're trying to navigate. You guys know what's going on up here? Okay, he's got the GPS. Do you find that the iPhone, Marshall? You've been dic- you've been kind of navigating. Do you find that these these iPhones and the GPS does it actually work? Oh, it works. Okay. So you just, I, just, I think you just. I think the the problem with it is you still have to look ahead, and, and I think that's what happens now that we have these things. We just wait till the last minute and see what it tells us. But isn't it of, supposed to talk to us? Well, you can set it that yeah, way, but have, but I, like that's what was great about maps is you would map out the route before you even leave, and at least you have an idea as to what to expect. We haven't gotten lost, but I just no. don't think we're taking the best routes. No, and it's there's been odd stressful moments of like where are we getting off yeah. the wrong exit and turning yeah. around getting back on and. I think we're you know, we'll get there eventually. That's it's fine. good. That's that's kind of what's fun about road trips, though. Yeah, as long as it doesn't turn into people being mad at if each I, other. If I if I might say, you're an excellent navigator. Like I felt at ease when Jim was up front with me navigating. I didn't feel quite as at ease because he was, was screaming was in my ear a lot. Like he spent a lot of time. Oh, do you want to get a lot of responsibilities up there? I know, but you were you just know, basically. I was driving, and you were just screaming in my ear and turning music up to like peak levels. And it just, I and I and then you're and then I'd be like, "What's the next move, Jim?" And then you'd say, "You're really worried about this, aren't you?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm driving the van, and I need to go in a direction." And you made it seem like I was being like kind of a tight ass about it, but really, like I just wanted to know how to make the trip work. If you give me another chance, I I won't let you I won't let you down. I'm not trying to turn this into a rant or a venting session. No, you I are, just, and you did. I. I Microphones were turned on. That like all of the anger is coming out now. Like there's a lot of asking questions about how everybody feels. And, well, yeah. Because that's what we that's what you do on a road trip like this. We're we're seven dudes. So, some of us know each other each other very well. Some of us don't know each other at all, really. And that's a lot of uh, we're roommates right now. You know, there's tight quarters, and that's what I'm trying to get at is what we're learning about each other. And JJ, I missed the la- last half of what you said about Jim ass uh, cancer. Oh, the ass cancer, right. Okay, is that where you were at there? Are you feeling any better there, buddy? Um, I'm better in the silence, for sure. I, I think it was just too much radio. Radio baseball, like by the sixth or seventh inning, it's just not a fun game anymore. No, no, it wasn't as satisfying. All right. Well, I think maybe, do you guys want to play a game? Do you want to play a game on the podcast of some kind? Like, I know we played, I don't think we have the rights to play radio baseball, but I know that a lot of you are seasoned travelers. Maybe we can come up with a, a new game, a different game to play right now. Does anybody up front have a game that we can? Uh, Samir, you travel a lot. Do you have a road game we could play? Uh, well, we tried earlier, and it just kind of petered out. So um, you're kind of a bummer. You're like kind of a bummer up there driving right now. You okay, buddy? This podcast is kind of a bummer. I don't know. It's just. <laughs> it's just gotten me all serious and introspective. And I know this is what I was trying to avoid. That's the whole point is that I I was trying to capture what we're. This is what I was talking about earlier, Jim. No, you. Just, no, dude. You, you turned so the mic. Get <laughs> early. You, you know what? You you suck at this. 
earlier, like, no, we gotta, lo- we gotta, we're learning about each other, and we gotta, we're yeah. learning about, yeah, we're looking into, into each other's souls and stuff. And I like, never said and that. that. Yeah, no, but that's what you were implying. Yeah, sure. And but, that, but so, so which is it? Do you want to have fun, or do you want to get to? Or, do you really want to know who I am? Doing with our lives. So. Yeah, no, this <laughs> sucks. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This I'm is just, why I don't tour. Ah, this is why I don't go on tour. Because of people like me shoving microphones in your face? This is totally what I, I this is what my conundrum was. And this is what my conundrum is doing this. And that's why I thought you guys could help me. Listen, I can't help you. I, I can't work out your life issues here in your podcast, honestly. I think this it's really is, up to you to, to, to keep pulling yeah, I think, out of You know what? I think us, you're doing you know? the podcast to sort of yeah. figure something out about yourself. No, not and necessarily. And it's sort of you're I, shining the mirror. As you, as you go along, you'll probably get better at it, at keeping the light fluffy. Yeah, I think, I, think you are, I think you're almost there, Vish. Yeah, just, just keep practicing. It's not just about me. I'm trying. I'm trying to do a thing, and I appreciate you guys all being on the podcast. Why don't we take a break? And, Jim, I meant to ask you this before we started. Can I play a song of yours on my podcast? Sure. Okay, so something from Takes Time? Sure. Okay, what song should we play? Um, we should play The Rest Is Yet To Come. Okay, The Rest Is Yet To Come uh, is, is coming up right now, and then we'll figure out what we're going to do after the break. Right? We're we'll, not we'll come back. We should come back. The Rest Is Not Yet. <laughs> we'll never yet come after this. All right, here we go. Jim Guthrie with The Rest Is Yet To Come. Don't you mean the best? You say- 
as, as, a, as a radio guy, Vish, you've done many segments. You've had to probe into the dark hearts or promotional hearts of many people. What do you find interesting about seven dudes driving in a van? Well, I mean, for me, I've done these kinds of trips myself a bunch before, so I knew what I was getting into. I suppose the novelty of this or whatever, the kind of instructional aspect to it is for people who have never done it before and wonder what it's like. So that's what I think my point was. I was trying to reflect what our experience has been like uh, on this very unique trip, because it's very rare, I imagine. Well, in the grand scheme of things, bands go on tour and they go for a couple weeks and they play different cities and they play shows night after night and that's pretty conventional by this point. We literally drove to one of the biggest cities in the United States of America and you guys played three songs and then we just hightailed it back. And I, I don't know, I just was trying to capture the kind of maniacal nature of this trip on some level and how it's made us all a little loopy at this point that we've spent this much time together in the van. It's interesting because, like, I mean, when I was telling people at work that we were going to do this, everyone's like, oh, that's amazing. You're going to be on NPR. And I was like, actually, no, it's like just on YouTube. And they're like, well, NPR, whatever. And then like, that must be so fun driving for hours to go and play three songs. And fr and I was just like, yeah, it, it actually is a lot of fun. But if you really think about it, it's also some work. Right. Yeah, that's just it. Like, I think it's the kind of thing you... Jim, would you say this is the kind of trip you can't overthink in a lot of ways? Yeah, totally. Um, that No, you know, there's something else that's really good about touring that I will say is, like, it is kind of cool to have no other goal. Like, your only goal in life every day is just get to the next show. And it's, it becomes, you know, depending on how much fun you have or how much you have to drink the night before, like, it can become a real challenge and it become kind of a sad challenge it can become a very fun you know you know it's just it's just kind of really nice to like when life can be that simple it's just like take care of yourself to the point that you can get to the next show and play another show for a group of strangers like there's a lot of things that's really cool about that um but i find i mean i'm i'm an old man now and so at my you know when i was 20 20 whatever that like it was the best like that was just what i wanted to do and i did it you know i toured a lot but I'm all done, mostly. <laughs> but, and, and, and really, in a weird way, you came down to do this. You guys all came down to do this thing. In a sense, you could reach more people with these Tiny Desk videos yeah. than you might on an entire tour. Yeah, no, it's super thrilling. And I mean, if I'm not going to do a whole lot for this record, if I'm going to do like one or two, three or four, you know, little special things, this is like, I mean, I'm probably going to, you know, we'll do this and then we'll play Hillside. And then, I mean... I should play a show in Toronto and Guelph and, you know, the Tri-City area. Like in um, the fall or something? Yeah, like I I'm probably have to go home and kind of start to work that out. But everybody's getting really busy and that's the other thing, like I maybe said this to you before, like the nice thing about this record is it can just sort of be and uh, I have a lot of other things going on and I'm really busy so I don't really feel the need to like tour it and sell it and kind of work it and um, it's kind of nice that I can just let it be if I want to or I don't I don't feel a pressure for it to sell or I don't I'm not going to go hungry if it doesn't sell so I'm I kind of like that too about it Jordan you know uh, Jim's playing the 30th anniversary of the Hillside Festival in Guelph where you were born and raised where Jim was born and raised excuse me sorry I was born in Scarborough East York actually represent okay but you <laughs> when did you come to Guelph 
when I was 11 years old. Oh, 11? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. But you, right. you moved somewhere else after that? You lived in Ottawa, too, didn't you? No. No, he's Just Guelph. Just Guelph. He, you dated a girl in Ottawa, right? Or she went to Ottawa at some point? Yeah. That's kind of some baggage I just brought back up for just no good reason. How's your ex-girlfriend, Vish? She's okay, I think. You're right. You want to talk about it? Not really. Maybe, maybe I, I think that this podcast is you working out past relationships. I, I don't have that's impossible. If that were true, it'd be like two episodes. I don't have that many relationships. No, to you work got out. a lot of baggage. You, I got some stuff going on. Those two relationships, I, that's like a whole airport full of baggage. What do you suppose it is about the Jim, you guys and Jordan? All of you listen to podcasts, right? And a lot of it is these kind of like accomplished but neurotic people trying to work out themselves. And I didn't want this podcast to be like that, even though I lost my job and I'm going through <laughs> going through some stuff and I question why I'm doing all this sort of stuff that I do, which is talk to people and wonder if I'm even good at it anymore. And that's why I didn't want the podcast to be that. And at the same time, there's something in me that thinks that that's what the podcast should be because I think, as, as I'm trying to say, a lot of podcasts are like that. And we all listen to them. We listen to... A very funny Norm Macdonald podcast. Yeah, it was funny. It was dirty. It was pretty dirty, wasn't it? It It got us kind of all riled up. No, it was good, though. I mean, we we are dirty. We are dirty. We're just as dirty as Norm. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. But I guess my point is, like, why do you suppose we listen to people trying to work themselves out on podcasts? Not that Norm is necessarily doing that. I like hearing the stories. I like Norm Macdonald's podcast because there's really hardly any agenda at all. And, you know, maybe they have a joke segment where they read whatever, but... There's a lot of stories being told about these people, and you know, I just that's what I'm listening for. Yeah. So, sorry, will you just recap what you hope to get out of this podcast? Me? Yeah. What's your hope? Well, that's just it. I don't know why exactly I'm doing it. I'm trying to figure myself out. I guess I am trying to figure out if I'm any Are you good trying at this to stuff. emulate your sort of hero? Like, no, do you, do no, you, no. Do you have a vision in terms of like you hope for it to be like? Uh, Mark Marin, Norm McDonald. No, I feel a slightly the problem. The reason I'm coming at it from a weird position of weakness is that I feel like I'm out of ideas, and like I've always had ideas. Like I've yeah. always, in every thing I've done, had ideas. And I, whether that's like I want to interview this person and we'll talk about this, or I've got segment ideas for a program. Like right now, I'm just like, I just made myself do this, and I don't really have a vision for it. It's been going a certain way the first few episodes. Where, like I say, it's like a magazine kind of. Like, there's like three or four voices talking to different about different stuff. But like going forward, I don't know if that will resonate with people. Like, and I and you know, there's nothing we can figure out here. I wanted you guys on it because I like you. We're having a good time, and and this seemed like a nice. This this was an idea. I have a so are you out of ideas or are you doubting your ideas? I guess I uh, I am. My it confidence like you're is not out of ideas. It sounds like well, this is an idea, dead. right? This yeah. even doing this you know, is an yeah, idea. I'm just gonna say, like, you don't even need to figure out what it is right now. It's not like you have a fan of a hundred thousand people that are like expecting a certain show from you. I think you just you need to figure like it'll sort of show itself. You just gotta show up, and if you enjoy doing it, then and you sort of think about what you're doing every time and how you could do it better, how you could change it. It'll it'll like find itself. I mean, it's like yeah. writing a song or something. Like if you kind of set out to write a certain song, you might as well not even write the song. I mean, it's it's part of the it's part of the mystery of like where is it going to go next? You don't really know. You sort of follow it and uh, yeah. you come to some, you know, so I sort of feel like while I think you should eventually get your shit together. <laughs> 
I think you don't really like, need to worry about it. I'm at, working like like I'm, podcast number two or three. I'm or working a job and I'm freelance writing and all that stuff. But this, yeah, this is just a weird. I think I'm just shaken because I lost. It's you know I lost my job yeah, yeah. doing this no, kind just, of stuff. And I think I think you just got to show up and the rest will work itself out. And I also want to talk to well you in particular know kind of what I'm going through in the sense that you know you put out a record ten years ago now more than ever got Juno nominated all that stuff and then you just took a whole other path yeah like you just started doing a whole other bunch of work and people who liked your last record were like where'd he go why did he go why would he stop doing that everyone liked the thing yeah and then you come back with the new thing and now you know I'm I'm hardly doing I mean I am you're hardly doing anything but at the same time somebody in another country contacted you to see if you would drive down or whatever come down yeah and play a few songs like that you're resonating with people, and I think yeah. that's really heartening. And and, I, I, yeah, and, and I certainly don't take take that lightly. I, I think it's yeah, it's a, that's why we wanted to do. That's why I wanted to do it. I was like truly pumped and moved that you know that they kind of knew that I did this record a long time ago, and this new one comes out, and and they sort of they wanted to have us. So yeah, I mean, I I don't you know you know what Vish, I'll tell you right now, I don't really know what I'm doing either, but. That's um, just it. I thought I knew exactly what I was doing, and yeah. now and that's and I, all. It is. I don't know that I've ever known what I was doing, but I've been pretty lucky, and I've got to work with some pretty cool people and play with cool people, and yeah. I just show up. I guess is my point, and so okay, that's do, that's fair. Do, I, do you feel better? Do you feel like we worked I do, something? Out? I do, but it wasn't. That's not the main point. But yeah, it's yeah. I do feel better. I guess I feel better. I'm still trying to figure this out. I appreciate you all. We go way on. back. When when what what year did we meet? 1996. So it's almost been 20 years. Almost. Can you guys well, recall the situation where you met? No, I, I can't. Well, I don't drink uh, any alcohol, and I think that has helped me maintain uh, brain cells that I don't need, uh, which uh, some of them include memories. So I remember meeting Jim <laughs> at his house, uh, which was dubbed the Rock, Rock, Rock Sack, right? Yeah. It was the Rock Sack. It was on Ontario Street in Guelph. And uh, I think I was, I'd become friendly with James Ogilvie, who you were sort of business partners with and roommates, worked with. Roommates, yeah. Roommates, yeah. Pal- and uh, friends, pals. Yeah, buddies. he's a recording engineer. And I yeah. came over and you were there and you were kind of, you were a little enigmatic. You, you had like a bit of a, I just remember you, and like you almost immediately told me about how you'd been in this crazy car accident where you, like you flew, you almost died, right? Yeah. You flew through the windshield. That, that wasn't the first thing that I said to it you. It was though. like among. I'm saying like we met and we were talking, and then you just sort of said it, and like that was only what like a year after it had happened. Well, I think I, yeah, I think I was trying to explain to you why I was living in that house, and that basically, yeah, because I was in this car accident, and then I was in the hospital, and then I got out of the hospital, and I was like, I can sit around and kind of feel weird and sorry for myself, or I can like just move out of my parents' basement right now. Like it was just one of those things where I was like living in my parents' basement, and then I. Yeah, I think I, I think, I don't know for sure because I drank a lot, like you were sort of insinuating, and I killed a lot of brain cells. <laughs> Do you think that I was? So I don't really know what I'm even saying right you. now. <laughs> but um, I was trying to imply that you were some kind of drunken invalid that yeah, can't no, remember you, you know, or you, form you, sentences. You, the damage is done. Be sure. I didn't mean it that way. In fact, um, I my point is like, and I don't know if Samir was asking this for a reason, but we met in Guelph, and you lived there, and then you moved away. And we, a bunch of us, you know, I don't know that I looked up to you because I almost immediately I felt sort of like we were friends. Yeah. Um, I don't remember th- feeling that. Sure. No, why would you? I no, mean, I know. Clearly, I, was, I was clearly wasted. Yeah, no, no, I know. I, totally. I remember. I remember. Yeah, totally. I remember liking you 
right from the get-go. Yeah, well, we, we got along fine. And, and the reason I was trying to get to Jordan Howard, who, by the way, was born and raised in Scarborough, Ontario. Uh, East York, but... East York. Okay, take well, over, take over, take over. Because I met Jordan at the rock sack. I mean, I met him probably at Guelph Music or I met him just around town, but he came over to the rock sack like you did, Vish, and recorded in our basement. Yeah, that's right. In his band, Stranger Rocket. Oh, yeah. How old were you, Jordan, when you recorded with Jim? Oh, I was probably 18. Oh, okay. Maybe, yeah. And I, yeah 17 and, or 18, yeah. And they were awesome. They were so good. They were just like instrumental, and it was really. Awesome. Did you That's look cool. up to Did you look up to Jim in any way, George? Totally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was just this bit of a crew that was a bit older than me. That was, I would go see shows. Like I, I went to like uh, go see shows at like uh, UC 103, and you know, uh, sometimes at the Loft. And there was like all these little sort of uh, DIY shows that were kind of happening. And but everyone was just like uh, you know like five maybe to seven years older than me. Right. It felt like a big gap then when you're you know. Uh, I guess maybe 15, 16, 16 probably at the time, and then yeah. you know these guys are twenty one, whatever, right? But they were all, everyone was cool, and everyone liked their music. But the problem was that when I was first starting out, I didn't like their music. You didn't but like everyone else. Like lots of people liked it, and I just so I str- I I tried to figure out why. You know what I mean? Like because I was still listening to things that like like I can I don't know like Rage Against the Machine or stuff that was on the radio that was like Rush. And if it didn't, no, I wasn't into Rush then. Then okay, but, but you know it like it maybe a little bit actually, but um, but it just sort of was it wasn't resonating with me, and I sort of remembered like trying to struggle to figure out what it was, and then I remember where it clicked, and I I mean it's just circumstantial that this is kind of with you and right. about you but when I heard your record um, thousand songs right. I had an opportunity to like listen to the songs a bit more than say just in the context of seeing us like a kind of like a scrappy show or whatever for right. like you know what I mean and it just it sort of started to make a bit more sense to me like not necessarily why they liked it but I guess what I mean is I, I started liking them right right as I started to mature I started to like like a lot of the stuff and I couldn't I just realized like wow I'm sort of around all this pretty awesome music and then I was playing too and I was I just sort of was like they became like um yeah I looked sort of looked up to them and then when they when Jim and you know a few people left for Toronto and then they were all of a sudden cool dudes in Toronto too then it was just like whoa these guys you know this is great you know it sort of it added a bit more to the whole like uh like it just sort of like it just changed the level a little bit because it wasn't just like they're cool dudes in Guelph. Like the next place they went was like Toronto and it was, and sure. that there was people, I mean, there's people that were older than me that, you know, lived in Guelph and went to Toronto and King cop steely people. Yeah, King, Like mostly them. But yeah, there's just always this kind of grad when you live in a small town like Guelph and Guelph is like this weird little bubble. And I love that. I, you know, I'm from Guelph and I grew up in Guelph and I learned about like art and sort of myself and like, people you know i just i learned a lot about a lot of things and then yeah you move to the big city and things just change like it's more of a rat race in toronto and a wee bit but it's good because it kind of kicks you in the ass like if you stay in guelph too long you just go crazy and you just don't do anything (laughs) i think i mean i would have i would have went crazy if you know i'm still in guelph right i'm still there and i am slightly going crazy yeah but you you're not you're not from guelph either though that's the thing like you sort of came and i don't mean neither is jordan i don't i know but he's but he's more like he grew yeah, up. He's yeah, more yeah, like yeah. Kind of no, true. Like you, how old were you when you moved to Guelph? 18, 19? Yeah. I think. Yeah, something like that. Whenever I started my undergrad. 
But anyways, how did we get in this topic? So I was just oh, going to say when I met you. My point in all of this is that uh, we're all kind of connected in an interesting way. And it's fun for me to see Jordan playing music with you now, probably having sort of admired you and heard about you. And then, you know, Jordan, I don't know, you're playing the 30th anniversary of Hillside, which is also a yeah. kind of iconic part of Guelph with Jim Guthrie. What does that mean That's, to you? Oh, man, it means so much. Uh, and uh, like... I started playing, you know, uh, when Chip. I started playing with Jim. Chip. Chip. Chip's not holding the mic close to the Oh, yeah, yeah. There I'm trying go. to lean in a bit. I know. But, but uh, it wasn't, doing I mean, it deliberately. it's the the whole Jim band in particular was, you know, I like when I think you had asked me if I was around to play some tunes or whatever, and that was great, but I was super nervous being in the room with, like, everyone. Like, especially, say, something like Jeremy, for example. I liked Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy, a, Jeremy, Jeremy Strong, Strong yeah, Strong. yeah, yeah. Because uh, you know, I liked Rocket Red Glare, and I saw him play guitar with a few different people. Like I think Nate's band, he was playing. Anyways, I just thought yeah, he was like amazing. the best guitar yeah, player and everything. And then he's playing sax, and I have to show up with my guitar and stand beside Jeremy. <laughs> and so it was like super intimidating. And then there's these songs that I know, like I didn't have to practice Jim's songs barely because I knew them so well, right? It was just such an interesting. Like I, did, I had to learn how to play them. It wasn't like I knew every yeah. note. Of, I didn't like. Yeah. Secretly, like know every note of your stuff. Jordan, like Jim, you Jordan's like, I don't want to put Jordan in any kind of uh, hot seat here, but Jordan's like a hot shit guitar player, right? Like, no, I yeah, I think Jordan's amazing, and I've told him, and I yeah, I think he's. I played in a band with Jordan, a, and, and I learned thing. more that's about music than I had like my entire life. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to like take away from any. I just want to say like I. I mean, part of it for me is all the guys that I'm playing with right now. They're all really good, and it makes. It makes music easy. Like, you don't have to work as hard to get to the sort of end result. Like, before you have to practice your parts over and over again. And I sort of feel like we haven't really practiced that much. And things come together fast just because we're older and a little bit better at what we do, I think. And um, But, yeah, I feel super lucky to be playing with everybody in this band. So, um, and, I mean, yeah, like, Jordan learns the solos on my record, like, pretty much note for note. And that's super impressive. Like... I don't really expect it, but it does make it really nice when you play the song and you, you just sort of know what to expect. Like, and it's, but you know, he'll, he'll add his own spice too. But so I, that's just really impressive though, that he just sort of shows up and does that. And, um, uh, yeah, it's been awesome playing with all these guys. Well, listen, I, I want to, sorry, was someone going to say something? No, it's good. Go ahead, Jordan. Well, I was just, I just like, like, it's one of those things where if you're going to, I don't really have much of an attachment to your music other than just listening to it. I don't have anything in, like, you know, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't like, lose your virginity to any? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> what? She, she didn't like the songs. Was, she didn't like your music. <laughs> Stay away to heaven, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I just think that, you know, when you, at least for me, I like, if I'm going to play a cover song, for the most part, I like doing it the way it's was done and yeah, you know yeah. I don't like doing my own takes on whatever so when I especially some of the older stuff of yours hearing uh hearing that knowing I just knew it I knew it like that's the way the song goes so yeah. I didn't want to come in there and like change anything and well, I and I like sort of playing with different people and changing things up because they're all old songs to me and I don't want to I don't want to play them exactly I mean I do want to have a certain amount of control so they sound like the songs that I recorded but I also you know you also want to change it up a little bit and Speaking of changing it up, does anyone know where the hell we are? Where, where, what, what state are we in? We're in a state of panic. I'm, it looks I'm like the beginning no. of northern exposure. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it just, I feel like we're just like this one blue arrow, and it's just right. kind of 
telling us to go in a certain way. I, I'm actually a little. I think we should have brought an atlas. Just yeah, or a map. Like, just I, I don't, I don't know these. Everyone, everyone's super resistant to it. Everyone doesn't want to know the big picture. They just want to know the little, you know. No, my my printer didn't I think that's work. Really, that's really kind of well put. <laughs> Samir, I think I think we don't want to know the big picture. I think yeah. we just want to see the little screen. Yep. We don't want to see what's like up. Field of view. You don't yeah. want to know. No, I, I, like, I think that's really he's poetic. Not, but he's saying he doesn't want to know. He wants to. He wanted to bring the atlas. He was trying to sort of speak to, like a reason why we didn't have the atlas when he wanted to bring it. He was trying to point out. He was trying to make the point in a very sort of beautiful and kind of poetic way that we don't like, like almost like we can't handle the truth sort of thing. Like, it was a little yeah. bit. It was a little bit that was I, I was trying to say. But I mean, it just kind of. I realize that that's actually kind of insulting. I'm sorry, guys. It's fine. It's eight. Uh, currently eight twenty in the evening. We're probably all gonna get into our beds. I'm sweating. I know you're constantly complaining about the heat. Dude, come back one, and sit one here. One thing that is never sit talked between. About, uh, Dude, about I'm gonna hit you. <laughs> you are just so. Is my um, podcast? Is here yet. I know. Which involves oh, making sure that everybody gets to their houses. Like everybody's like, everybody's like pants are very warm. Uh, my pants are very little, warm. People like people's minds are a little sour, and then there's like this extra last step, which is like this, the most unrock and roll thing you can ever experience, which is like the gradual, slow dispersal, like dropping off one guy at one place, another guy at another place, and, and that's, you know, and you that's open up, job. You open up the trunk, <laughs> and you, you know, like you're just like, well, see you later, buddy. You know, good rocking, and, and then just like that's it. It's over, and it's just <laughs> it's it's. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm kind of. You're right. It's kind of a bittersweet thing. I'm not quite looking forward to Guys, it. Guys, let's let it let it never end. Let's just keep driving. We could. Well, based on the route I got we're some taking, on the credit card. Let's go. <laughs> based on the route we're taking, I think we are never going to stop driving, which is fine. All right, Jim Guthrie Band, thanks for being on Creative Control, the podcast. And what song uh, are we going to play? Oh yeah, what song should we? Well, I don't know. You pick. I picked the, the last. <clears throat> um, well, why don't I ask uh, Marshall? Uh, what was one of the, the the other quiet one we were supposed to do? I can't remember the name of it. I'm really bad at names. Bring on the night. Bring on the night. Okay, let's, bring let's on the night. One. Okay. This well, the, you know, it's fitting because what's coming? Oh, yeah. The know. rest is yet to come. No, oh. stop it. <laughs> bring on the night. We're gonna bring on the night. All right, there you go. Bring on the night, Jim Guthrie Band. Thanks everybody. Say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Just so you know, I'm turning the mics off now so we can be ourselves. <laughs> This mystery, another sunset, heartbeat. Let darkness wash over me, a starry wonder.
Hey there, thanks for checking out the Creative Control Show. If you want to email me, you can at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's Creative Control with two Ks. I'll let you figure out where the Ks go. 93.3, all one word, creativecontrol93.3 at gmail.com. And uh, just so you know, the show does air on CFRU 93.3 FM in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. You can listen to it online at CFRU.ca or if you're in the Kitchener-Waterloo region, 93.3 FM in Guelph. Also of note, if you go to my website, vishkana.com, that's V-I-S-H-K-H-A-N-N-A.com, you can sign up for the Creative Control mailing list and uh, keep tabs on what's happening on the show. So there you go. Thanks. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 